0: big warm welcome to you this is the aware parenting podcast with lael stone and marian rose phd we have juicy conversations about things that matter in parenting and life we're exploring all that aware parenting has to offer from many different angles and we are so glad that you're here Hello, and a big warm welcome to you. Welcome to the Aware Parenting Podcast. This is Marion
1: Rose. And I am Leila Stone. And today's podcast is called Go Away. And this is all about what to do when your child yells at you or tells you to leave me alone or go away or get out of my room or any of those kind of versions, whether it's your two-year-old or your 15-year-old. <laughs> and this is something that pops up quite a lot um, in many of my discussions with clients and I'm sure something that you are really familiar with too, Marion, around yes. what to do when our children say that because a lot of what um, parents say to me often is that, you know, I really want to respect their boundaries but you know when I do say when they tell me to go away and I leave you know often they will shut down or they won't process what's going on and how do I how do I navigate that you know with respect for the child but also helping them with their feelings and those kind of things so it's really um it's a really common thing I find I mean my kids used to do it too you know when they were little and and um and I find it's a really great topic to talk about to to give you know our listeners some ideas around how to work with that. So, yes. I would love to start, Marion. Yes, perhaps sharing when a child is feeling a bit upset and they're yelling, Go away, leave me alone. Perhaps you'd like to give some insight on what's happening for the child. <laughs> Do you know what
0: I always say? Because I always like to, you know, I think each parent I love to give back the authority or you know to to remind us all that we all have our own authority as parents and I think that's so much what we're about here isn't it Uh, is to the first question I usually have is do you ever remember when you were a child or a teen when you said to your parents go away leave me alone and you went into your room you slammed the door and you said I hate you what you really wanted them to do <laughs> mm, yes. because pretty much every time almost every time is when when i ask that question people usually go oh actually what i really wanted is for them not to go away i wanted them to stay loving and to yes. come and to maybe say um i hear that you're upset but i'm not gonna leave you alone and i'm and i'm right here i really hear how you know, rah, you're so frustrated or whatever it is yes um, but i'm still here and 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 i think i always really love to come back to to that such a way in that we've all been children we've all been babies and children and teens and and sometimes we don't quite know what to do and of course it's you know our children are different to us it's not always going to be the same but sometimes it can be a really helpful way to to tune into what they might be needing rather than looking from the outside from our own perspective what might possibly be going on for them
1: Mm. and I'd love to bring another element to which I know you talk about Marion too is that Often when children run away, when they're upset or go and hide or yell, go away, there's a reason on some level why they're saying, don't come close to me. Yes. So, you know, as you so beautifully put, you know, often what they're saying underneath is I've got a lot going on and I want the safety of you being there. But a lot of the time, and it can happen really from when our little ones are like, you know, really that there's that beautiful crying period when they're really good all, they cry often very freely, but then, you know, maybe around nine, ten months of age, they usually can move into resisting the crying a little bit. And so often parents will consult with me and say, you know, I used to, feed them and and you know be really present and then they'd have a little cry and they'd go to sleep and it was easy and now they won't cry and they're crawling around the bed and they're wanting to play and they're tapping me on the face and all those kind of things and they're not going into the feelings which is quite a common thing that can happen And so sometimes for kids, when they run away or they're avoiding the feelings or they're saying, go away, you know, what they're doing is going, I don't really want to feel what I'm feeling here. Yes. When I have a parent or someone who is caring and loving for me and they come close, it creates that beautiful sweetness of safety that means those feelings are going to come out. So sometimes it's a a thing that a child does or even us as adults do to go, I don't even really want to feel what I'm feeling here, so yes. I'm going to run away. Yes. <laughs> so, I always, I explain it in my workshops, like, you know, when you've got something brewing and you can feel you're a bit upset <laughs> And then you see a friend and they go, Hey, yes. you," and they look you in the eye and they're really kind. And then the next minute you just burst into tears exactly. <laughs> or, you know, yes. I have these beautiful friends who go, don't say something nice to me. Like, don't be nice yes. to me. Yes. <laughs> as yes. soon as you were kind, then all the feelings would come out and we don't want to feel that. So we're avoiding it. So children are, are the same too. You say and learn. I don't actually want to feel this. And so I'm going to run away from you, or I'm going to tell you go away because when you bring that closeness and that that loving presence to me, then all the feelings are going to come out, and I don't really want to feel that. Yeah, um, that is the same for two and three year olds as it is for teenagers as well. Yes. Yes. And I really
0: love that you're bringing that in because I think this happens even right from babyhood. And I think often it's really not understood. I've I've seen, I remember once being on a plane sitting behind a woman with a, a very small baby. And every time she turned him round and looked him in the eyes, he would start to cry. So she would turn him away. And mm. she, I could, she was actually starting to say things like, Oh, you don't really like looking at me. You don't really like me. Mm. And I was oh, <laughs> my heart went out to her and this baby and you know, all the noises that are on a plane and so normal and natural I think for adults to cry on planes let alone babies so uh, I really made a point and I often do this in public is that when we were walking off I I can not remember exactly what I said but I said something like no oh, he just you know he I can't remember the exact words, but he just loves, he loves you so much, doesn't he? When you, when you look in his eyes, he just feels that love. I can't remember exactly what I said, but to me, it's, you know, really a, a misunderstood thing. I think often mm. I think to come back to, as you're saying that we're exactly the same. If we're trying to protect ourselves from feeling feelings and we feel that loving gaze, mm. we will feel the feelings more. So I think this operates in so many ways, doesn't it? Like if, you're, if your child's crying, often people say, but you know, if I actually say I'm here with you and I'm listening, the things that we, that we talk about offering they start crying more intensely or they start, you know, just, you know, they were just crying a little bit and then they're crying. No, does that, you know, have I done something wrong or they don't, you know, they don't love me or, or, you know, I'm hurting them. And and it's really, I think always to keep coming back to ourselves. If you are feeling a little bit upset and you were to have this unconditional love of of one of the people you love most in the world saying, I am right here with you. I can be with your feelings. I am listening. Is, are you going to go more deeply into them? And is that going to be, actually feel a whole lot more wonderful than sitting on the surface trying to skirt around these feelings that are going to be mm-hmm. there? If you skirt around, you keep skirting around them for the rest of our lives. Yeah. But yeah. This, this operates in so many ways, doesn't it? And I think to really, to really again, feel into that, does that feel true? And so if anyone listening, does that feel true for you? Because like, mm. I think the more we get that from ourselves, the more it makes sense when we see that in our child to go, actually... Isn't that the most wonderful thing to actually offer that loving presence with our child's crying or raging or whatever it is that we can actually stay and let them know we're going to stay and we can hold them. We can be, you know, hold them energetically, hold them physically if necessary, but but that, that those feelings are, you know, that we can hold that and they can and, be in it and, and they can feel it and all the and, things.
1: <laughs> and just, it just reminds me as you're talking of just the beautiful simplic- simplicity of when we allow feeling to be there and we just feel it, it yes, moves through us. Exactly, Come on yes, and so it goes. Keep <laughs> it. knocking on the door, and it's there, and it just is. And yes. we see that in children that can turn up when they don't necessarily release everything they're feeling. That can turn up in frustrations or being really whiny, or yes. uh, you know, just nothing is ever okay or good enough, you know, because they haven't necessarily got to the bottom of what it is. So. To be able to feel it fully and yes. allow it to move through you is yes. the goal really. So, so wonderful. Yeah, it just moves, it's part of us. We're just fluid. It's yes. You know, we feel better afterwards. Yeah.
0: But, it, mm-hmm. but they need our loving presence, they need that in order for them to feel safe enough to let their feelings out. I often liken it like a it 's like this underground uh, water table or river and if if, if they 're not getting to express those feelings, that those feelings are sitting right under the surface so that 's a child if if they 've got some rage sitting under the surface, then anything will do they 'll be like going to hit or be angry or rah. and if it 's more crying sitting under the surface, you know they 'll be whining or they won 't be able to go to sleep or you know, anything we do, they'll suddenly have these big cries and people are often wondering, well, why on earth? It's because those, those feelings are sitting right on the surface. Mm-hmm. And it's like us, isn't it? You know, if you've, if you've banged your foot on something and you're feeling quite calm and happy and there isn't a whole load of feelings sitting on the surface, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, ouch. But mm-hmm. <laughs> If you've got a whole load of unexpressed feelings, it's they hit this, this the, same, the same hitting of the foot and it's like, no, no, And we might have a big rage or cry. Yeah. Children are so the same, aren't they? And absolutely. that wonderful thing of simply our loving presence helps them feel safe enough to give them that containment, so that they can let the feelings out, and they can come back to your beautiful phrase: that that balance, that calmness, mm-hmm. that relaxation, that be able to sleep and be able to concentrate, and to sit still at the dining table or whatever the thing is.
1: Yes. Yes. Absolutely. So I would love to give some examples of what yes. it might look like when yes. our children do say, go away or leave me alone, all those kind of things. So, And I liken it to a little bit of a dance sometimes. Mm, I call it a dance too, the crying <laughs> dance I call yeah, it. Yeah, of what it could look like. So yes. if you have a little one, we'll talk about it for a toddler for a minute, like you had a little yeah. one that, you know, is three or four and they're yelling, go away, and they run into their room and, you know, they're hiding or they're like, leave me alone, yelling at you you know, one of the things I know we both like to say is to to come into the space, but give them a little bit of space. So maybe if they're really clearly saying, don't touch me or, you know, that you might take a step or two back to give them some space, but you're still really offering them your loving presence. So I like to kind of kneel down sometimes I'm more on their level and, you know, say something like, I, I see that you don't want me to be here, but I can see those feelings feel pretty big. And so I'm I'm just here with you because I know they can feel... Very scary, those big feelings. So I'm, I'm just still going to stay with you. But I and and then you know if they're yelling, but leave me alone or go away, I might take a step back Mm -hmm. even more just to honour that that you're asking me to step back. I'm going to give you some space to just you know let them know that I'm actually honouring what they're doing, but also that when you're little, even when you're big, (laughs) you've got big feelings. It does, as you say, because really overwhelming can feel really scary, and that what our presence is doing is creating that beautiful. Sweetness to say, I'm still here with you. I am going to give you a little bit of space, but I'm here to hold for you so that whatever's going on can be released. And, you know, I think that's where sometimes confusion comes in for a lot of parents. They're like, well, I want to respect what they're saying, like, leave me alone. But it also, you know, isn't really fixing what's happening. So, you know, I liken it to maybe taking a step or two back. And then if they kind of maybe stop or you can see that there's feelings there, I might take a step closer again. That then might be enough to just fire them up a little bit more again or the feelings come to the surface. Sometimes it might even be just touching really gently on their foot or their ankle or something that is about connection and touch. And that might be the beautiful little sweetness that then brings more of those feelings out. So it's a very delicate little dance and, and one that I can say to parents, trust yourself if you can, if you are really in your centre and if you can breathe and stay really connected to yourself and remember that what they're doing is, you know, they're actually saying something to you with what, what they're saying to always look behind the behaviour yes. and yelling, go away, you know, underneath that is, I've got something going on. I'm feeling really scared or I'm feeling overwhelmed. Please don't leave me. <laughs> but but making it safe enough for them for the feelings to come out. So that beautiful dance of taking a step back, then maybe moving forward, you know, and just watching and again, you know, reiterating to parents you know your child better than anyone. So watch them yes. with curious eyes and just go, what happens when I move a little bit closer? You know, does it really create more? feelings to come to the surface you know and if I step back a little bit more does it just can I see them disassociate and shut down a little bit so maybe I need to come closer so just watching with curiosity around what happens yes
0: I love that I've got three things I love to (laughs) before I forget them number one I, I talk about loving limits as you know so I would see that as another example of a loving limit and what I love about that and it's so similar to what you're saying is that for me, it's also really, it's mirroring and hearing the the thing. So that initial empathy, which is to me is the loving part is I really hear you want me to go away, sweetheart. And I'm, I'm. So I, the way I used to say it with my lovelies when they were younger would be, "I really he want me to go away, and I'm not going to leave you alone while you're upset." And I, and I might need to keep, you know, if they were running down the garden or something, they might say, "Leave me alone." I, I keep reflecting back mm. whilst running down the garden. So I, I really like that. The, the second thing I really like is, um, I often liken it the way you're saying the dance. Like, do you remember that colder, colder, warmer, warmer game? Mm. Oh, colder, colder. Mm. And I know we've done that in workshops. Is, um is really thinking of the feelings like that and it's our presence which allows that to happen so when when we're doing that beautiful forward back thing that you're talking about it's really thinking about and feeling in our bodies that that sense because it may be and i think again it's quite often not understood in a child they might we you know we might be moving back and away and it may seem like they're calming down but actually, if we look at them, we may see that they're avoiding eye contact. They may be clenching their fists, sucking their thumb, holding on tightly to something. Mm-hmm. So what we're really seeing in that is, is we're actually moving away from, from the warmth of, uh, I like that warmer, warmer is when we get that exact sweet spot, that mm-hmm. exact moment where they're feeling the feelings and they're feeling our loving connection, which is what makes the expression of the feeling safe.
1: Mm. So the
0: third thing I want to bring in, it's this really core element of aware parenting, isn't it? It's called the balance of attention. Aletha talks about it in her books really beautifully. So, and I think it's really holding that all the time in aware parenting, isn't it? And that's really what you're talking about is the balance of attention is basically on the one hand is the connection that we're providing so that's our physical closeness the, uh, our centeredness mm-hmm. our warmth of tone our uh, you know the the degree of closeness physically that we're that we are uh, you know the touch And then on the other end of that, I see it a bit like a seesaw, is whatever's reminding them of the feelings that are already there that they are trying to express. So some people call that a trigger. I don't actually like the word trigger. So, you know, it's that reminder. So it may be the you know, our moving closer, helps them remember, oh, I've really got these big feelings here. And yeah, maybe I, I did. And the big feelings might be about us. That might be why they're telling us to go away, because we might have done something and they are really feeling some outrage about that. And that might be part of the thing when they're telling us to go away, or I hate you. So always, I like to think of and like to offer to parents in terms of of their, your own authority is to be checking in in terms of exactly what you're saying. That dance, where am I in the seesaw of mm. of that loving closeness and and that stimulus to remind them of the feelings? And do I, you know, if they're if they're kind of whining and just unhappy, but they're not going into the feelings, do I need to move a little bit closer? If they're really saying you know go away get back do I need to move a step back exactly as you're saying and it's really that observation but that balance of tension and really understanding that and that works in all therapy I think as well it's we're mm-hmm. always if we're a therapist or we're working with clients isn't it it's always like okay where do I where do I need to be here how do I need to to move so I think that can be a really helpful thing to hold in mind as a parent if you're ever unsure thinking about the balance of tension, what's mm-hmm. happening here
1: I love that. I I remember when my middle daughter was much younger, so maybe when she was about five or six or something, and I always used to joke she used to make me work really hard for, for the feelings to release. So she wouldn't, my youngest one would just walk in and go, here's all the feelings and just like right in your face, right? Whereas my middle one used to make me work for it harder. and what I meant by that is that when she was really upset she would run away into her room and she yes. would like hide under a doona and yes. she would yell at me from under the doona and yes. it was like she would in she was really calling I need lots of safety here before I can tell you how I'm feeling so yes. she going go be under the doona and I would like stand near her or sit near her and go I'm here with you and she'd be like leave me alone and and I'd go, yep, I'm going to leave you alone. I'm not touching you, but I'm right here. And and so we'd do this dance on and off a little bit. And then what I'd do is I'd just get my fingers and I'd put my fingers just under the doona so she wouldn't see them. Yes. And I'd just wiggle them a little bit. And she might, like, try and hit my fingers or something and I'd pull it out a bit. And then I'd just – it was this really slow, gentle – I'm going to just bring that presence to you, so you can actually, um, you know, unravel in whatever way you need to. Yes. And for quite a while, that's how what she would do when she had big feelings is she needed the safety, the container of almost that doona, that me coming into the space with her to then really express some of the deeper feelings that were going on with it. And and I'd love to say to all parents, all children are different, and they're all yes. going to do different things. My my son. We used to have to be moving our bodies or doing something for him to really, you know, get out what he was feeling. And my youngest one, as I said, she'd just walk in and go, here it all is. And you I didn't have to try hard at all because she was like, here's the feelings. So every child is different. And I think just really trusting yourself and your child of how you can work with them within it. and in your, and, and many other things I've done over the years too is that when they were a little bit older, so not so much toddlers, you know, and, and I really my feeling was always when they were really little or toddlers, really up until about the age of six, five or six, I would always be in the room with them yes. and hold that and you yeah. know, even if they were telling me to get out, I'd really exactly as you said before, really hold that loving limit because I could see that. But as they got a bit older and a lot more verbal, you know, yes. I would sometimes, you know, they might have slammed the door or closed the door and I would stay yeah. on the other side and just say, I'm still here. So even if they were telling me to get out, I'd say, okay, I'm going to get out of the room but I'm still here with you. I'm yes. still right here and I'm in here whenever you need me. And I'd do a similar thing. I'd put my fingers under the door yes. <laughs> to go to let them know I'm Love here. notes. Love notes, yes. Sometimes I'd write notes going, I love you, and they'd write back, I hate yeah. you, and i go. I love you even more or <laughs> yeah. again those kind of things that they were doing expressing their feelings and, and the yes. love notes were great because we'd get really silly and you know and then and it took time sometimes you know sometimes that was half an hour 45 minutes yes. of this kind of back and forth until it felt safe enough for them to really drop into those bigger deeper fat tears you know of what yes. was happening and, yes. and I always look at that like that was just such important important work to do when my kids were little to really yes. keep building that sense of connection and trust with them that even when they're doing that I'm still with them you know yes. I'm still here and you know so up until really even into the tween years and and then you know when you know all through my kids when they started to go through puberty and wanted more space and would yes. sometimes go in and close the door or slam the door and they'd you know, and I'd go and follow them or I'd be there and they would be like, get out. And I, again, I would really gauge where they were at. And sometimes I'd be like, okay, I can see that you want some space. I'm going to go out, but I'm going to come back in in a few minutes and just check in with you. And sometimes just that few minutes... I think gave them that enough autonomy to go, you know, this is my space and because it's such a a big shift that happens in those teenage years where they do want to become a little bit more separate and they want to be a bit more isolated from you and stuff like that. And then I'd always go back, you know, a few minutes later and just go, you know, again, checking myself to make sure I was really calm, really centred. Yeah. Hey, I'm here. Do you want to talk about what's going on? You know, because obviously they've got a bit of vocabulary they can really identify. And yeah. sometimes they would just launch into it. You know, I don't think it's fair that or I'm so angry about this school. And I would just sit and listen and listen and listen and say nothing and then listen more. Um, or other times they'd be like, Nah, I'm not ready to talk. And I go, Cool, I really hear that. I'll come back again soon and so yes. and I would respect that they weren't ready to talk in that moment yes. and then I'd come back maybe 15 minutes later 20 minutes later and check in again and then you know they we would talk or yes. so I think it is it, especially as they get older into the teenage years it's you know I found that it was very much more about respecting their space so yes. when they did say get out I really would go yeah yeah and I have to say we haven't had many yelling screaming get outs no. at all really no. but but there has definitely been feelings and hormones and rage and all those good stuff. Yeah. And so it's always just been, I'm my main message has always been, I'm still here. I'm yeah. connected to you. Yes. I want to know what's going on for you. You're important yes. to me. Yes. I'll give you space. And whenever you're ready, I'm here. And sometimes that, that space took an hour and a half or so. They weren't ready. Yeah. And then I would find they would come and find me and come to me and, you know, curl up in a little ball on my bed next to me and then just say what was going on. So it was trusting too that yes. that they knew that when it felt okay for them, they would come.
0: Yeah,
1: And sometimes I found too, especially with my daughter's, when they did get really angry um, or there was big feelings going on, they would often Skype a friend or they'd have to talk to a friend and they would do a whole lot of crying and chat with a friend. And then when they'd got it all out with a friend, then they'd come and, you know, download and tell me what was going on. And I was like, oh, that's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Release someone else, you know, that was a peer. Yeah. and But then they were still coming and sharing what was yes. happening and yeah. I would just listen and, and I felt that that was a really beautiful developmental thing for them as well, you know, that yeah. I didn't have to be that person holding the big raging feelings in those moments, you know, you know, especially if it was just something, you know, that, that felt so big in their world that, you know that then once they got out all the kind of drama bits, then they'd come back and go, Oh yeah, I was actually that this girl said this and that happened and yeah. and that they'd worked through it themselves. So I was kind of like, Oh, okay, amazing. <laughs> so beautiful. such a beautiful, delicate dance, particularly in those older years that can, you know, yes. it really calls it calls you sometimes to, to Connect in a different way.
0: Yeah, you know, I love you. What you're talking about now, because I think again, such an important part and context of aware parenting that is designed designed to be a developmental process. And so, in in terms of their capacity to be able to be with and be present with their own feelings. So, for example, you know, with a baby who's crying, of course, from an aware parenting perspective, we always need to hold them because that's part. That you know. First of all, we need to know whether there's some unmet needs there before we even you know, check out whether they've actually got some feelings to tell us. But, and the whole point of Aware Parenting is so that they internalize our loving presence and our capacity to be with their feelings. And this is never too late to start, you know, as we talk about. But that's what they do, isn't it? How we respond to their big feelings is then what they internalize. So the more capacity we have, and usually that comes from our own inner work, to be with our own feelings to stay present in our bodies when we're holding them when they're crying the more they internalize that oh actually it is it is safe to feel this sensation in my body and as you say to to express it and to let it out to let it flow out of my body but if we've never had that which most of us haven't as adults it can be very scary to see big you know child expressing big feelings because we didn't ever come out the other side we didn't ever have anyone who's doing what we're talking about now to say, I'm going to stay with you. Even if you push me away, I'm going to stay at some, at, at some level of closeness for you. Mm. And so the developmental process is of course, with a baby always to be held with a toddler is, you know, they may need to be a little bit away or they may, you know, we are doing the dance and through childhood, but the whole process to me is, is they're designed to be internalizing that more and more and more. So as they get older, they, can, they do have more capacity to be with those feelings when we're a little bit away from them. And they do eventually, of course, have the capacity to share it with their friends. Or, you know, when they leave home, you know, maybe they still will hopefully want to call us and tell us about their feelings. But that mm-hmm. they have internalized that capacity to have deep compassion for their feelings and to be able to stay present with their feelings in their body. So I love how you talk about that that developmental process and that's what we're really talking about here isn't it that when they're little mm. it's for me as you say when they're very little they don't have that capacity to be present with those feelings in their bodies without us when they're feeling some big rage and they're saying go away if they're three or four they don't have that yet you know when they're older they do so it's really again it's knowing they need us to be there as that you know nowadays all the talk of co-regulation they need us there To become present in our bodies to stay with them so that they learn, well, it's actually this feeling. If I feel it and I express Mm. it and I cry and I rage, I will come out the other side and I will feel so calm and relieved and relaxed and it will have gone. Mm. Such a beautiful process, isn't it? It's just
1: making me think. Just just last week, my son, who's 19, had something go down at his work and he, he was really. Rattled by it, and he was due for a lunch break, so he actually just drove straight home. Walked in the oh. door, I and mean, I thought, Well, something's gone on. And he's like, Where's dad? And I was like, In the office. And he's like, Can you come into the office? And we went to the office and he sat down. and My husband, and I just looked at him and went, What's happened, mate? And he just burst into tears oh. and just talked about what had happened at work and how he felt really disempowered and he was feeling things weren't fit. You know, it was just really a a beautiful opportunity for having to learn what it's like to be grown up in a workplace where people aren't accountable. There's some really good life lessons stuff that he had to learn. And he was really outraged. He's like, why won't people be responsible? And I was like, Oh honey, it's just the world sometimes. And you know, but what I loved is he, you know, he just came home and he, and he even said, I really, I need to have a good cry. And he had a good oh, cry. Amazing. Oh my God. Spoke about what he felt. And, you know, then we, we just said, you know, do you want some advice? Do you want us to sort And he's like, yeah, what do you think I should do? And we talked through all the options. And I said, do they know that you left work? And he's like, yeah, I had lunch break, but he goes, I just knew I had to come here. And, you know, like, and I, I love that he so just gorgeous. came to us as, this you know this is a big adult thing happening in this adult workplace and i feel a bit overwhelmed by it and you know i, I need to process it and then i can go back and by the time an hour he left and he was really clear and he felt better and i was just like ah oh, just you know he knew that's a safe place to come because yes. it's so many times we've turned up in those spaces of when things have felt really hard yes. to just say we're here for you we've got you we're here for you Oh, and the other that's one so, beautiful.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so beautiful I really want to honor you and all the, your beautiful parenting and mm-hmm. I want to say can you imagine if every man in the world now, all the politicians all the business owners, all the people had had that, I mean we would live in a very different mm-hmm. place wouldn't it if everyone needed to go yeah. gosh that was a big conversation, just need to go off and have a cry now <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: it's beautiful isn't it Yeah. yeah. And I just was thinking at the time oh he hasn't had a cry with us for ages oh, he's got a girlfriend now, I'm sure he does yes. his feelings there but yes. um um, you know, I just thought, oh, that's really beautiful. And I remember just at the moment thinking, oh, it's just so good for you, darling. You feel so much better at the Anyway, um, the other thing I wanted to mention too about the go-away thing is um, that often that can, like when children say, I hate you. Like one yes. of those parents yes. who are often very, very, yes, you know, that can feel a, a big or sweet spot for the parent is when their child says, I hate you or you're the worst mummy or, you know, like those kind yep. of things. And, again, that can tap us right back into our own unmet feelings from when we were younger. Yeah. Um, a lot of parents say to me that's disrespectful and they shouldn't say that. And, again, trying to really help parents understand what do you think they're really saying when they say that, you know, yeah. and it's so similar to the go away vibe, you know, go away. Yeah. Or I hate you. It's, the, it's the same kind of stuff of I'm feeling overwhelmed. There's a lot of feelings going on here. These are the only words that I know to tell you on some level that this is how I feel. And, and again, that translates in the teenage years to teenagers' Going, you know, if you or I hate you, that kind of stuff, and that can be very, very, you know, just it can really push buttons for parents when their children say that. And and you know, I often say, look, I know it can not feel nice hearing those words, but look behind the behaviour again. What are they saying? When they're saying, we've reached a point where they're like, I'm, I'm reached my limit. I'm overwhelmed. This is what I'm feeling, and you know, what I need. In those moments, is an anchored, safe adult or parent to say, "Yeah, you, you mad, mate? I see it. I've got you." And that, you know, for me, I just think even, you know, my kids never really swore or stuff at me. But even if they did, or they're getting to those points, again in my mind, what would go on is, "Oh, we've got some big feelings going." On. <laughs> yeah. What they need is someone who can hold that, who's yes. really rock solid to go, "Yeah, yeah. yep." yeah you're really mad i got it and you know and i absolutely understand that for a lot of adults you know when their children say words or things like that to them it really does hit some spots within them that feels very very challenging you know and it can bring up a lot of feelings and emotions but i always offer again to say you know of course we do the work on ourselves around where that sits but then looking again at all right what's happening for the child here yeah and being able to work with that yeah,
0: absolutely. And do you know the other thing I used to really notice is when my kids would cut. This is again when they were younger and they were happy and they didn't have feelings to express and their needs were being met. They would they would ask for things and it was a clear request. Mm. But when they had some feelings bubbling up, they would be, try and find different ways of communicating that. Hello, I've got some feelings to tell you. And one of the ways would they would literally say to me, "Don't you know? Don't touch my hand." Just randomly saying <laughs> these things and that would be my little flag I'm like okay it's very interesting <laughs> they would literally say the thing that that they knew that if I came in again in that beautiful respectful balance of mm. attention way but I would say oh I really hear you don't want me to touch your hand and I and how about I'm just going to come a little bit closer as often mm. they would be, have the big cry it was like they would they the children are always giving us clues about how how they can express some feelings and it yes. may be the you know that it's not the whatever bowl we give them it's not the accurate bowl or we put in too much milk or not enough whatever the thing is and it's remembering if they're having really big feelings about things usually means it's not about the thing it's
1: a, absolutely. a pretext and and you know i mean look for me consent is a big thing that i teach enough of my yes, work and so exactly. i will say to parents absolutely yes. if a child's saying don't touch me or yes. that kind of things i'd always stand back yes. and exactly as you said, and it might be all it takes is just stepping one step closer, still not yes. touching them. Yep. and That may be enough, that beautiful balance of attention there, of those feelings, you know, that they, yep. they brew there. So, you know, I'm big on really respecting what the yes. child is asking with their bodies and, and you can still get, you know, what we're needing to get out of this without touching them but by just maybe bringing your energy a tiny bit closer or leaning into them a bit or those kind of things. So, yes. yeah, definitely can... Um, you know can bring up yeah some stuff so to finish off um what would you love to offer Marine, of an invitation for people to feel into around uh you know this whole thing around go away all those feelings
0: yeah, so I would go back to that original thing that I started with, which is, do you remember ever saying that or, th- or even wishing that you could have said that to your parents? And if so, what would you have most loved? What the exact movements and words? Because, you know, my passion about about words and our inner loving words as well is that, of course, this can be an opportunity to actually say this to our, to our little inner children, inner teens, to actually say the same things. And it also can give us some clues about helpful ways to respond to our children, which is usually, you know, for me it was always something like, you know, really hear you want me to go away. And, you know, I love you. I see you're upset. I'm going to, I'm going to stay close. That would have been so wonderful. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so How about um, you? What's your invitation? My invitation would be, um, uh yeah just observe what happens if your child is yelling go away or i hate you or just to observe how that feels in your own body and then just be curious about what it's like if you do step forward or you take a step back or just finding that beautiful sweetness of being able to hold that space for them when they're you know when their feelings are brewing and and remembering that always look behind you know the behavior what they're saying what do you think's really going on there you know such a beautiful helpful thing to think about often when our kids are having stuff go on you know to really ask that question it can make such a big difference you know for for the parent Hmm.
0: beautiful and as for resources i think uh aletha sorter's book tears and tantrums is always a really really helpful one just to come back to that really you know deep understanding of the the powerful healing effects of crying and raging and yeah just really
1: understanding that so deeply yes absolutely um and i'm sure you have many courses Marion, especially on you know oh, oh look I, I just put a link to all your, your courses because you've got beautiful courses on Thank you, lovely. things of you know play because play is another beautiful thing you could use in this or yes. you know the, the powerlessness of the child the parent all that kind of beautiful stuff as well so lots yes. to lots to you know to explore in there Yes, yeah. thanks, lovely yes so thank you all for being here we invite you to um to subscribe to our podcast or rate it or share it or even send us in a comment of something that you would love us to explore or talk about in one of our podcasts Mm, thank you so much for listening and see you next time Bye. thanks for joining us on the aware parenting journey please follow us on facebook and instagram at the aware parenting podcast you can find more about lael at www.laelstone.com.au or find Marion at www.marionrose.net. we wish you much compassion and grace on your parenting journey